0: and we're live you're tuning to cosmic children i'm your host kevin and today i have an interesting guest in the studio with me she's a dear friend of the studio And she's back with us in Singapore from New York. So I have Sabrina uh, with me in the studio today. Sabrina, for those that might not know who you are or what you do, could you please describe the business that you run?
1: Hi, guys. Thanks, Kevin, for having me. Um, So, yes, I just came back from New York. Uh, Basically, what the industry that I'm in is... Mm -hmm basically streetwear and um, I run a distribution slash creative agency of sorts um, and we have offices in Hong Kong and LA yeah so that's and I
0: believe the name of your company is Selfhood yeah it's
1: called Selfhood yes.
0: <laughs> okay so so to, to kick that to, to kickstart this conversation could you please go in depth as to what you mean by a distribution uh, company and a creative agency why these two uh, why does your company occupy these two uh, sectors?
1: Right. So, it's a pretty long story. So, I'm going to try to have more of a concise explanation of it. So, technically, the way we started is very much more like a wholesale venture. Mm-hmm. So, what we do is we represent a lot of the brands from the US where most of the street culture brands are born. And we kind of represent them in like sit territorial different territories. So it could be uh Hong Kong, Korea, Southeast Asia gener- generally, depending on what brands we're working with. Yeah. And so basically we will just it's more of a big B2B business where we okay. will sell it to all the stores. So if you were to see a t-shirt of uh the brand that we represent, most likely we are the people who are distributing or like selling it. And
0: what are these brands that you currently carry?
1: So we have about eight brands in the portfolio. Um, Some of the brands that you might see probably out in this part of the world would include like Chinatown Market, Mm. Carrots, we have Half, Skate Brand, and then Rip and Dip um, as well as you um, we also represent a music collective called Yeti Out. Yep. Yeah. And I also have brands that's a bit more in the contemporary um, lane. Um, one of them is called Daily Paper from Amsterdam. Gotcha. And another one that's a bit more of an Asian representation uh, from Korea and New York is called Issei. Issei. Yeah.
0: So Issei is from Korea and... New York. New York.
1: Yeah, basically, these guys, they're, they're born in America, but they, they started their business in Korea.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And I believe what I found most interesting about at least you and your title in this company is that you describe yourself as, you're the founder of Selfhood, and you describe yourself as the chief visionary officer, which I find to be quite interesting because that's not something I've heard of. So could you please describe yourself, uh, d- d- describe as to why why would you call yourself that and not like a regular uh I guess director, title, director, or CEO, or one of those three three-letter acronyms. Yeah.
1: Okay. First of all, like I've always thought that being a CEO, you really have to be really good at certain managerial and like HR tasks. Mm. And in some ways, I felt like I, it wasn't like my best. Like it wasn't a um, strength. Yeah, it wasn't my strength. Mm. Uh, but like in terms of like me starting in distribution, I always knew that it will evolve into something else. And I always felt like distribution is such a good base or like foundation for us to be building on the work that we want to be doing. And that involves a lot of like, you know, me working with a lot of creative people or like helping a lot, supporting a lot of creative people. Mm. And then eventually having a platform where they could, you know, like, in some ways, be a, a better version of, like, what they're creating. Mm. Um, so, in some ways, there's a lot of aspects to my job included that I think that, you know, that it's, does not exist. Does
0: doesn't exist?
1: Unless we create it.
0: Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Do so you have an example of something like this?
1: So, like, you know, like, just now you asked me about the part where we're a distribution agency. Why do we have a creative agency? Yeah. I think that's really, really important because like uh, traditionally, people do not expect us to do anything more than just like having, you know, figuring out where the marketplace is for the brands. Yep. And that just is a very much more transactional um, responsibility. But after being in this line for at least seven to eight years and more, I feel like there's just so many dimensions and layers to what we do. Mm. Even the the whole, you know, dimension of culture itself yep. takes so much time. It evolves. It's like, it's ever moving. You can never like really get a grasp of it. You know, there's so much studying, so much like understanding and working with different kinds of people Yep, that I found it really, really interesting okay yeah so even for that like it takes a lot of like you know like like a lot more thought than just you know like us building the foundations of sales
0: Mm. so the distribution part of your business is the foundation but the creative part goes on top of it and it's because we've had conversations before and i believe uh, i get the sentiment like you are trying to help people. You're trying to put a lot more thought and a lot more like conscious, uh, I guess thinking when it comes to how they, they they perceive and how they do distribution, right?
1: Yes, because like this is my real like, I would say like my real like understanding of what if a brand is really in the marketplace for real because yeah. like you have been in a few stores does not mean that your brand is in that City. Gotcha. If that makes okay. sense. Okay. I think you are considered in a city if you have a real emotional connection to the the local landscape yep. and you have an impact on the community and the people mm. in that city. And that is actually a very hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess like in distribution, like I didn't really want to think it as like we're just transactional. We just mm. push as much product out there. Yep. I want to be able to be that platform to create that. But it's very hard because like in a sense. Even if we are not the distribution company itself, it's very hard for the brand for them to do so with their own audience directly.
0: What have you noticed Like, are some of the difficulties that perhaps some of the brands have been facing to to want to do something like that?
1: I think if they think about being a global brand especially, like you really need to want to be in those markets that you want to be in and be invested in learning about the markets. And we can definitely be the person in between to help facilitate that but it also takes a lot of like it's a two-way street in that sense so that's why a lot there's a lot of education uh, within the team internally and a lot of education with the people that we work with and because it's such a long road (laughs) 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 i realized that you know we probably in this few seasons we can't do it with everybody we can only do it with the people who are ready mm. and the people who are invested in doing so. So like that has been a pretty interesting like I would say like realization. Yeah. And maybe more of a evolution of what we're doing. Yeah. So that's why like even if I start with the word distribution, it just goes into so many layers of this and explaining what people, um, how people understand, like you know, going into a different market and what it takes.
0: Do you have a better word for that? If it's not distribution, I, have don't you know. had I any feel thought like thought about it
1: in some ways. Right, recently I have just been thinking it's a lot like anthropology. Oh,
0: interesting. <laughs> how? How so?
1: Okay, so like you know, like for example, you you bought me this coffee from down the street, right? Like, this yes. coffee you see in a packet. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how much it costs. Probably a like dollar. A dollar, yeah. A dollar, 20, 40. But in some ways, like, if a person doesn't know, like, what would it take for, you know, like, say, a, a basic meal in, like, every different country compared to them, say, you know, like, in in a lot of ways if you were to search most of the t-shirts and the brands that we have that's like a regular pricing online Mm. and then like say that if you were to ship it to any of the countries out here there's also shipping and taxes involved and that adds up to a certain like amount but you know in some ways like people will buy it for sure they'll invest because if they really like the brand like that is the very basic of what everybody thinks that you know this is just selling t-shirts and this is what it is but there's actually a lot more considerations if you want to make it a lot more, if you want to understand how you could really be a lot more um, accessible to the people in that city. So if I understood, like actually someone, they could buy, they buy a coffee or breakfast at $3. Mm. The t-shirt would probably cost them 20 local breakfasts in that sense. Okay. And it takes a lot more, you know, than you know, say maybe in um, a country where currency is higher and actually the t-shirt is not as expensive Mm -hmm. to what they would usually spend. So you would understand better how people really value your product too in terms of paying the money and everything. So you could say that, you know, you could just treat it as one blanket pricing and everybody there'll be people around the world who just pay for it. That's true, but the truth is if you do understand and you really want to be impactful to a real marketplace in a bigger way understanding all this like you know what is local to that landscape and how to really grow is really another layer of distribution so like i've been thinking more about this you know like if i come back saying for like i go to like say recently we actually can could I say that we're actually gonna be <laughs> launching <laughs> another Southeast Asian like uh, collaboration mm. and then when I do conversion in the dollars right like in my mind like whoa this is really a commodity like this collaboration piece because in the currency it's like it's so much more expensive mm. and I do value that collaboration a lot more than say that if I were to be selling to say uh maybe a European country where we're doing, you know, like a smaller buy or mm-hmm. something like that. And in my mind, the 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 buy, the value of like what's happening in Southeast Asia is actually way more higher than that, say smaller buy in Europe because yep. the valuation is actually different if you're looking at it very pure financial yep. and economic investment. <laughs> yep. But people don't think about it in that way. So they just think that, hey, you know, but actually it's around the same amount of t-shirts, right? But I see the same amount of T-shirts, the same investment, but like which ones actually value- evaluate mm. higher higher. Um, just because they don't understand like how much their the currencies and what their local spending yep. usually is. That
0: is, like- exactly, that is a very interesting perspective of looking at, I guess, pricing and pricing models based on the different markets that you guys are occupying. I'm just curious to know, how did you or what inspired you to to start looking at uh, I guess business on a global scale through that particular lens because it's not. To to me, it sounds pretty unconventional, and it sounds like a lot more work. And it, it, it does sound like a lot more work has to go into a lot more thought has to go into how you would uh do business globally. It's not just like a template where you just fix a price and everybody just buys that, but you actually put uh a little bit of thought, a little bit of research into how the, uh, the currency is what uh how things are priced over there.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's quite funny. I think there was a point that I did think like to myself, am I skilling it too much mm. <laughs> in that sense? In some ways, yes and no, I feel mm-hmm. Yes, in a sense, because there's a lot of rabbit holes I've created. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot rabbits. There's a lot
1: of rabbits. Rabbit. <laughs> there are many holes, rabbit holes that I have to like go into to still like be growing all this different, like even the different offices and all that like i'm learning more and more how different our cultures are mm. um what people really want at the end of the day and so there's a lot of learnings there and like it's like you know like i haven't finished reading a book but i've opened like maybe 10 more books and i'm just reading it mm. Concurrently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the only thing that i feel like maybe i should let like, be like a bit more strategic but like mm. it's strange because I am the kind of person who like hey I need to study this and then maybe I need a bit of that and then I'll come back to this gotcha but yeah it's, it could be quite chaotic to a person who doesn't understand my methods yeah. <laughs> but um, so in terms of like why I say it, it's not a really I think whatever you do can be global nowadays because a lot yep. of things can be done online yep so even in this pandemic, everybody has the ability to still work, which yep. is, that's the one amazing thing about having the internet, I feel. Mm. So that's why in some ways, even though there's a lot of things that about our work that is very stru- that is structure intensive, like, mm. you know, needing warehouse, logistics, manpower on the ground. Um, I still feel like because of the internet age, we are able to do a lot of things and mm. uh, be a lot bigger than we are, basically. So that's one one mindset that I have, and the other mindset is like I just know that any type of change, real change, has to be done on a bigger level. You know, like you what do you mean by that? I guess it's quite funny. I don't know what it is. I think that's also a bit of my the Singapore programming mm. <laughs> that I have um, because, like, before I started selfhood, I was doing a lot of like creative work and like not not in the very exact way of like you know me designing or whatever it's just more like planning or like figuring out projects and stuff like that. I just felt like the, I always meet the same answers basically no matter what kind of projects that you're doing. Do do you have any like examples? Um yeah, I guess like even for brands say yeah. that one thing to grow in Singapore there's really a a ceiling of market size. Um say that you know if you want to be very specific on who you are yeah unless you're like you're selling toothpaste or like you know a very okay. mass product like, like that's, more that's functional yeah i mean like if you yeah if you're doing something that's very generic like i feel like singapore has a lot of people you know it's not it's not that there's no market but if mm. you want to sell something that's a lot more defined a lot more has a lot more characteristics like i think the market size is definitely smaller than a lot of like other countries Mm. and so because of that like i realized that market size is a very definite like um criteria of like saying that if you want to be like making having an impact or making a change Mm -hmm. because then in some ways like maybe I went a bit really extreme. I'm like, okay, like let's, let's have that not be a factor of why we cannot change things.
0: Uh, <laughs> so you just remove the the, the, the cap of market. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> the barriers. Yeah. So in some ways I think it works, but of course a lot of people are feeling very like, this is a lot like, you know, like we are like around the world. Yeah. Um, But, and the interesting thing that I've observed when I was traveling and doing, especially working in, you know, like just selling all the brands or basically streetwear industries, like if you know who you're talking to, like you can find the same group of community of people in actually almost any part of the world Interesting, like, yeah. yeah it's just like a different version of you there's probably <laughs> versions of us in thailand there's versions of us in europe you know speaking a different language but really like us yep, you know yep. and then we like the same things
2: yep, yep.
1: so in some ways i'm just quite uh you know like it's like an x-men thing where i'm like Maybe I could find all this different. So just gathering. <laughs> <all>. <laughs> like how <laughs> interesting. How far can we intuit and find all these like-minded people, yeah. you know? Uh, but it's quite true because I've been to all these like streetwear mm. conventions and all that. Like I've seen people whom you just meet for a first minute, just because you are doing the same kind of similar things. Like even though you don't know each other, you can have a full-on conversation because of the things that the nature of things that you're doing. Mm-mm like you know say that you're a toy collector and then you meet a fellow toy collector you guys will
0: a similar interest as a route of uh, like conversations yeah. to start from yeah. yeah
1: yeah. even though like there's actually so much differences even if you don't speak the same language you can somehow like communicate <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's a part that I find very interesting and it somehow re- removes all the friction and ceilings in my mind mm. and I realized that like I right now I need, I'm relearning like what real or what actual barriers are Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that we can really solve it together as a team because in my mind it's kind of like oh we can do this you know and but it's just that in actual implementation it takes time it takes like uh practice it takes experience basically so i guess that's like how i would you know why i would create this title (laughs) for myself Mm -hmm. and why uh the creative agency part is important because I feel like there's a good amount of uh, people in my team I think I bring them on board is really to articulate this this vision or basically this this thing that I feel like we could really be doing a lot more because t-shirt is just selling our brands and helping them like you know have real like market share and all this like cds is one of the main objectives. But then the other objectives that comes with it is really having like more understanding and connections between the brands and the people mm. that we're selling to. And that requires a lot of things like learnings uh, about culture, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. and, you know, just like living life, basically. Yep. So I guess like half of my team, or actually at some point, like I'm everybody's going to be more on board on this to understand that it's actually our real work here our real work is not to sell to send a line sheet yep and be like hey how much is your budget for buying t-shirts <laughs> and um our real work is like being able to build on like communicate that and build on that
0: yeah. and that is the true what's the word for it that's the true would you say that that's like the core of what self food is or you want it to grow to be like that
1: yeah, I think the core is like basically, you know, like how, okay, I have this very, um, maybe this example would be like, you know, like how when you travel, when you go to different places, you actually do experience yourself differently in a way. Oh, so? Like say that, you know, you're on a vacation. There's a vacation. Mm-hmm.
0: Vacation mindset? <laughs> yeah,
1: mindset. And there's a vacation version of you, right? Okay, fair enough. Or like enough. say that, if you ever, you know, remember when we go to China mm. and then in China, we also, be, we have to be open the culture and we connect with that culture and we are also a different version of ourselves. We're not the Singapore, us Fair and Singapore, yeah. Singaporean us in Singapore. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like, wait, sorry, just now I was saying that I was trying to connect it to the part where, um, the Chinese food, eh? No. <laughs> what what? <laughs> the, Chinese, the Chinese what? The Chinese food one that we're talking about oh, the no, documentary. No, 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 not no, 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 it's not that. Wait, uh my point is um I'm trying to say that um there's just like basically when we are traveling, mm. uh, you know, like we will become different versions of ourselves. Okay, I understand. So selfhood is like basically, you know, like me helping Oh, not me. Just basically our team helping our brands to like figure out who they are in that particular landscape. Basically, mm-hmm. so like I agree that you know all the brands can be there's a core to like all the brands, right? But then with a different environment, like the core of the brands is definitely still there, but the way that it's being communicated might change because of how the people are in the different city so in some ways we're helping the brands discover who they are more in all these different landscapes and it requires like really articulate um us to articulate that message and then basically the people who are handling it they have to be very good on the hard skills and the soft skills
0: what are these hard skills and soft skills
1: (laughs) so like I guess like for hard skills would be very much you know like there there is a lot of like um masculine aspect of the sales process where okay. we have to be on time. We have to be very, um, you know, clear on executing when the product lands, mm. the all the, the back end of it, making sure deliveries, of the, the product lands on the shelf like without any hiccup. Mm. Um, but then there's also the soft skill of us telling the story. Like communicating to, say, the stores or, yep. like, local partners of, like, how the story can be told. So, mm. like, even in Hong Kong, we did all this, like, different programming during Art Basel uh, week. Yeah. I, you were there, right? I believe so, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Dion and Russell, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, It's been a while, yeah. It's been a while. It's yeah. like, you were on the Shanghai and the Hong Kong trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, one of those trips, I believe we were all there, right? Yeah. So, um basically we we actually like make sure that there's some local culture involved and why we're doing this like Mm. we actually have to like ask ourselves those Mm. questions and like get people excited about being a part of something that's different too so it's not just so much as trying to emulate say something that's happening in new york directly but Mm. for us to bring that the essence of it and then like for us to like kind of integrate that to local culture and it takes a lot of like um, almost like sensitivity training because mm. we cannot we we try very hard not to appropriate okay <laughs> anything yep. um that there's a lot of mental thought and like there's a lot of internal discussions when we do such events because we ourselves don't like it if it's not authentic in some ways um and we will also have like real debates on like does this make sense if it's not, we'll not do it, basically. Even though, like, maybe there's a trend of something happening out mm-hmm. there. Um, so, there's a lot of real consideration and, uh, you know, like, having real dialogues about what this means, you know, to us, basically. What is your perspective on authenticity?
0: And even going further than authenticity today, where it's so easy to to go onto Google, look up something and just emulate or just copy it what what is your perspective uh from from where you are right now on authenticity
1: oh that's a, that's a very good question i think like my answers changed oh, really for mm. real over the few years i i think before that a lot of things that you've seen is really very much based on like online yep you know like what you thought was cool <laughs> yep and then say that what everybody is really into and there's a lot of trend or a like, hype to it basically yes so the first step is to really just emulate it.
0: Okay, so copy. Yeah.
1: yeah, so like, it's just very natural. Everybody will try to do something like this. Street parties are in. Let's, do, let's throw a street party. Mm. Underground parties are in. Like, what makes it underground? Let's do that. Make, let's make sure that we do that thing that is underground, yep. basically. Yep. So it's just a very, like, non, uh, a very not deep way of making things happen. Yeah. Um, But later on, once we actually establish a real working relationship with the brands or at least the founders that we work with I really try try hard to get like a lot of the founders involved Mm. in like even though they might not know the landscape very well like Mm. just want them to like get involved in dreaming of like what their brand would be in this place so, like, there's a lot of conversation going on. Like, we do give suggestions. Yeah. But if we feel like it's a little bit forced, it's not really real, or they don't get it, like, we will not do it. Just because we think that it's cool, it's, like, it's fun to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I guess, like, for me, authenticity is, like, having a real, like, conversation about things and whether there's something that we really want to manifest. You know, not just purely because of commercial reasons and all that. And during this whole period where things actually slowed down, there's like no like offline activations or meeting up. Um, It's pretty cool. It's almost like a reset, you know, like I I just have a lot more perspective of like, hey, you know, like if once we get back to some normalcy like of like having things happen, like what would make more sense to make happen, you know, or like where would we be? what is more meaningful in that sense. So I I, I would say that, you know, there's a lot more thought in terms of like creating authenticity. Um, Yeah, I guess that it's just really a matter of perspective because like the first, the initial version of what I say to a lot of people is authentic. (laughs) 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 You you know what I mean? (laughs) But where I am right now is not. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, it's just strange is like when you're probably growth and when you're older is different (laughs) but
0: but I guess it's true that that you say that you your answer right now might be different because I think that is indicative of growth because Mm. who you are today might be different from who you are maybe like three months down the road and I guess that shows I guess a maturation I guess a lot of like uh just maturity in the way you you approach things because things are not there are no set I personally believe that uh, that you always have to to analyze, you always have to have a certain sense of awareness and maturity in the way you approach things. There are no set things in, I guess, the world we live in. There is no, there is no one thing that is, the, the, this definition lasts you for like five years or even 10 years. That's how I feel. Like things are constantly changing. Things are constantly in flux. That's why I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, I may not be the same person I am today. Tomorrow. Technically, you're not. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm you. on, on a biological level, <laughs> I think you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah not. There is the whole thing about how your, your atoms would change every six years. So there is this whole philosophical thing.
1: Maybe tomorrow is the sixth year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so because selfhood uh, exists in a space where you collaborate with a lot of brands. And I think, would you say that the brands, uh, when they first met you or when they first started a conversation with you. They are one thing. And as this relationship grew, they kind of changed in a certain way to be a bit more well, I won't say authentic to be but but do do you see the brands or maybe the founders, they, they changed in their perspective in the way they approach different things? Yeah.
1: Yes, definitely. Especially with the brands that we have been growing with the last three years. Like I would I don't think any brand stayed the same really. Um, I think everybody found a bit more of themselves and like they decided that they, they wanted to be a bit more concrete in how they work. Mm. um, The kind of customers they want and and it's really interesting because like it's therefore there's a real constant evaluation of whether we'll still be the right partners even. Oh. Yeah. So it's very strange it sounds very like serious but I feel like for in a real way it's like you know like that is chemistry is really important in like everybody's in driving everybody's growth you know so maybe there might i mean i guess like for our brands like we did start off like having more more of a chemistry of like why we're doing this and then how we're growing and we really had some perspective. so that's why most of our brands have stayed with us since day one we are like year three into what we're doing um and on some level I feel like we are also very much already on the max in terms of like how many brands that we can take on in clients. So it's rare it's really interesting because like because I guess of the foundation we have attracted a lot more inquiries and people approaching us. Yeah. But it's strange, is you know like how you play uh maybe a basketball game
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's probably in my mind the longest season ever we're just like we're still playing it's just like the game never (laughs) ends it's very hard to change players (laughs) you know what I mean yeah so it's like I don't really know if distribution is a company where we can keep entertaining many different brands are like considering I guess like if there is ever a change of players it will be a very like it's a big decision you know it's like you like trading players yeah, like yeah. what makes sense like the chemistry of the moment the chem- yep. that mo- in that game that rare moment if that the team if it makes sense you know like is this how do you improve every season basically mm. so it's not so easy to really like um you know change the game in some way you can't change the team you can't change the game so it's like we're playing halfway basically in at least for a lot of the you know where we are with most of our brands because we just we, we've we been at it a little bit but it's also not considered long in terms of like what we need to achieve um, but there's definitely always like constant evaluation as every coach would do every season <laughs> going to every season yep. um, I think that is a very good like analogy of like how we look at it you know when we want to start the next season and whether our team works yeah
0: speaking about growth um could you speak on what, what was the genesis of selfhood? What was the initial idea or the initial conception you have with regards to selfhood? Was there like a precursor to this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just particularly curious because I believe you're from Singapore and I think a lot of the brands that you spoke of are not from Singapore. They are a Global, they are from the States. One is from Amsterdam. So I'm just particularly curious as to what was the the conception or the, the even the genesis of why you wanted to do something like this
1: i guess the first part of it was i was very curious yeah um okay maybe i could start a bit of like the basis of why i was very curious yeah please um so i guess like i i don't represent everybody's views <laughs> as a singaporean but um i would say that there's a lot of like, you know, set ways of programming in terms of like when you are to grow up, you know, mm-hmm. like and be it that like, you're in science or you're in arts, you know, if you're studying. That's like, it's as though like everything's pretty fixed and there's not many options. Yep. So it, in some ways, like when I discovered brands that are not even like fashion brands, like I would say like brands that have more of a story element and, you know, like it's not even the medium of the t shirt. It's just the fact that a lot of people who started t shirt brands, they're a lot, they're almost like misfits or like outliers. Okay. Okay. In some ways. And they just chose to do this because they wanted to create something for themselves and be and showcase who they are. And I found that there wasn't a lot of examples, at least for m- me, <laughs> at that point in time in Singapore. Mm. And there was a lot of admiration of all these brands coming from the West. And I was just curious because, like, we never really had street culture, in a way, <laughs> in Singapore.
0: We we adopted, yeah. We and ad- now we are trying to build our own. <laughs> but I think a lot of in the early, I would say, like, in the early two thousands, were mostly adopted. Yeah, basically uh, media uh, magazines. Yeah, and stuff correct. Like
1: that. Yeah. So like, we we have access to it, but it wasn't like in around us right Mm. we basically is is a foreign concept Mm. right i love the street culture like all the music that you're into and i was just like very curious as like what does it mean if so what would be say that we're already so involved and we enjoy it we're interested and get influenced by it but i always thought that what would it be if we had a lot more like understanding of it and Mm. i'm just trying to understand why are they so brave on being who they are you know like it's just basically like what makes them so confident you know what i mean like i just felt like i know that we were we have um, a good like we could have a good foundation and education options and stuff like that but mm. i feel that that's not a value that um i would say that at least our generation my generation that we really grew up with okay. there were just a few set ways of being mm. that uh, would show that, you know, you're somewhat, you can be somewhat successful. Gotcha. Um,
0: so, there's a very set idea of success yeah. that is perhaps not consciously told to you guys, but I guess subconsciously.
1: Yeah, correct. Okay. And, like, you know, even being, like, say that if you want to do creative work, you know, like, people will say that, at, at least during my gen is that, you know, like, you cannot take it too seriously or, like, mm. you must have, um, let it be your interests. Okay. You know, And then when you read all these articles about all these brands starting out, like they just seem to, even though they don't know where they're heading, they just seem to be confident (laughs) to just do it. Yep. Right? And I just was curious about how that felt like. (laughs) So it was a very like set concept that, you know, that I wanted to do this. Like I know this is what I want to do. So it's just an exploration of like, Hmm, how is it? Like I just never grew up with it. I don't understand it <laughs> basically. Okay. And and then I realized that yeah, there's a lot more. Um I would say that they, there's not there's less expectations in certain areas and more expectations in certain things, like for in terms of a different cultural, and that helps in different things. And in the end, like after like exploring all these parts. I just feel that, hey, you know, like maybe at the end of the day, for me in a very general way, not trying to la- put on labels as like, oh, I'm trying to be in streetwear or like I'm trying to be entrepreneur. Mm. Or I'm trying to be global or anything. It's just the f- fact that I'm just trying to figure out who I am, you know, in a very <laughs> holistic and general yeah, yeah. way. So, which is why like when I came out of the name selfhood, it's just basically in a way like finding out who you are you know like what is your what's your basis of you yeah and I just thought that you know it would be really cool if I just use this platform as exploration of that or like to discover that and I feel like I'll be on the right path if I keep if that learning never ends and you know and in some ways that it just becomes more of a bigger purpose than me trying to reach a financial goal. Okay. So, like, that would be, like, my own set point, like, where, how I started. And I just thought that, you know, wouldn't it be really cool if a group of us do it together?
0: <laughs> you know so, 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 that was the initial thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, in some ways, when I created this, like, it just so happened that I'm in this industry and this the environment, yeah, and these yeah. are the people that I wanna be, like you know, having to work with, basically.
0: So, from your curiosity of an external culture that seemed a bit appealing, to now, would you say that your 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 nature of being curious has always guided you, uh, to 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 different di- different things for you to experience?
1: Yeah. Yes. I am. I think like this is so funny because recently like I was, I was having a chat with my sister and because we study a lot about personalities and stuff like that. Yeah. And I guess like one of the things that I am more like energetically attracted to is like me just having all sorts of like having, experiencing life. And that's like basically almost like that's what drives me. Yeah. So it explains a lot on like why I could like, you know, like keep, figuring things out and keep trying different things and not feeling stuck in some ways so naturally i think i've been yeah, you're right i'm quite attuned to that already yeah
0: what was the last thing that you tried that you didn't expect yourself to try
1: oh archery (laughs) (laughs)
0: so how was the experience
1: it was good it's so strange it's like paradoxes like there's a whole paradox in itself Okay, and I think recently, paradoxes is what I'm trying to like understand more.
0: What What about the concept, or even what What about it?
1: So, like you know, when you you like the the archery that I was learning is a compound bow. It's a very rare. It's a lot more of a complex equipment. Mm. There's many things to remember before you even pull the trigger, and it's pretty for me. It's like you need to like have strength, and you need to like like kind of like position it and hold it in the right way and then like um. The, so there's a very masculine aspect to it because you really need to like have strength to like you know like pull it and. but then there's also the other part of it where you have to be very calm mm-hmm. and uh, quiet in some ways to like align the bow and arrow and aim before you pull the trigger there's because, a certain grace to it <laughs> yeah. yeah so like on the outside, it just looks pretty, like you know, like it's hard. Like one, two, push, then yeah. the arrow will go. Up. But no, it's yeah, not like that. Yeah, there's just so many things that you have to think of, take care of, and all that. And so there's a hardness and softness to this whole whole um, activity, and a lot of things takes pl- place in your mind before you shoot the arrow. So, yeah. So, like you know, like shooting a bow. At- and uh, shooting arrow that you're trying to aim at the target is like pretty like you know forceful mm-hmm. but at the same time in, but in your mind you have to be super like zen and super <laughs> like
3: yeah, yeah. you know
1: like and breathe and then you let them, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. like there's a lot of paradoxes to it that I was like whoa this is hard because you need to hold it and your arm is like screaming at you because like <laughs> you you don't want to be you don't want to be stressed or gancho when you shoot yeah. it right yeah. so while Is heavy and you want to rush it, but you cannot.
0: Yeah, you (laughs) kind of have to hold it for a little bit and you release it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) So, like, there's a lot of parts of it you could rush if you're, like, say that you're anxious to shoot. Because there's a lot of parts to it that makes you anxious because, like, you need to hold it straight. You need to make sure that you have the strength to hold it enough. And then you have to be, feel good before you pull the trigger. And the trigger is super sensitive too. So, you cannot, like, be, like oh like not unsure of like when you're gonna do it or, mm. or be, not be like attentive you know so in that short moment there's so many things and like for me like it's so strange because like I just have uh, intuition to do different things and that will help me understand concepts and I was like okay now I know why I need to do this <laughs> and in some ways I feel like that's where I am right now in a lot of things um, where I have to hang on but at the same time it's not about rushing it you know it's just really about like doing the right things and doing as little things as possible but at the right time
0: doing as little things as possible but at the right time yeah
1: so it's not about say that you know I could be practicing and be shooting like 20 arrows but if I do it the right way my shots would be better but I could probably only shoot 6 arrows Mm. you you know what I mean yeah, yeah, so at first I was like the instructor was like oh you um, I picked 6 arrows for you and then I'm like only 6 <laughs> <laughs>
3: could be, yeah. be <laughs> yo after I shoot 6 I was
1: so tired <laughs> I was like okay okay I'll keep at 6 <laughs> because like you're trying like really to make each shot count that's yeah. like actually that should be the purpose of after and not because like Yo, I score like 100 shots, you know, this mm. whole time, but you yo, you, lose your arrows, you know. <laughs> like You don't know where they fly to. <laughs> so I guess the intention is very important. Yeah, but yeah, like I, I spend a lot more time like aiming, getting the form right and everything breathing than like shooting as many arrows within a set amount of time.
0: You mentioned about learning through, first, your curiosity and just, I guess, looking at things in a more metaphorical approach as opposed to just uh, the action of doing it. Um, is this outlook something you've always had or did you develop as you grow, as you meet people, as you talk to more people? Because mm-hmm. it seems like, you're, let's say for the archery thing, yes, there is the physical act and the physical sensations you are feeling, sure, yeah. but from what I could hear, it seems as though you are looking at it as a, as a metaphor, really. Like you have a lot of the setup, you you approach the, the the physical actions with with grace, you you don't rush through things, you, instead of focusing on shooting 20, 20 uh, bullseye, <laughs> you narrow it down to six, you try to hit the, the six or the five. So I'm just personally curious as to, how did you develop this, uh, this lens that you are looking through? Because it is a very metaphorical approach.
1: I think the initial part of like distributing like, how I started really very much is like understanding the whole process. So I did a lot of things myself. Mm. So selling it was actually the easy part because a lot of the brands that I was working with already had a good demand. Mm. So that was fun. And then it came down to like actually delivering the product when I didn't really have infrastructure. Mm. So I ended up having to initially, you know, like having all the products in my Apartment, and then me having to box them and like ship them. And it was the most tedious thing that I've ever done when it grew to a certain size and I wasn't like thinking about like getting the support that I need.
0: Yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was terrible, especially when the, like okay it's just two more accounts three more accounts like you know and that's like maybe ten twenty thousand dollars more worth of products I'm, in my mind i'm thinking okay that's about what five hundred thousand more t-shirts i could do it <laughs> and then when the day came all the clothes came or whatever and there's a amount of time to turn it around yeah and you didn't prepare for enough help you have to really box it and like ship it and be accurate and yeah, everything yeah. That was, like, a very valuable and very important <laughs> <message>.
0: <laughs> As soon as you're begging everything.
1: <laughs> no time to cry. <laughs> you want to cry, but no time to cry.
0: Sabrina, why is the box wet? <laughs> yeah. What these <does> <laughs> droplets?
1: <laughs> but it made me appreciate a lot of, like, the process. And I still feel like a lot of the process, even because we have a warehouse and all this, the team, there's a big part of the team that's doing the boxing and shipping. Yep. It makes me very grateful for, you know, like um, the team that's handling that part of it always. So I've always told anybody who's not involved on the back end of things that if they join uh, our company, they have to think about all these people, <laughs> no mm-hmm, matter what, mm-hmm. because like that's really the backbone, the functioning part of like distribution or like shipping stuff out it might feel very just very laborious and you know just putting things in boxes and shipping but it takes up so much time it takes a different part of your mind it takes a different focus um that's why like I do want to improve the industry in some ways and create more value for the whole company overall um and not have it be okay this is just us doing this function and we're being valued at a certain you know like place basically yep. um, I think that's also a part of me of like me wanting to help in some ways on the what is traditional and you know like having us to like me to have a good team that is really dedicated and wanting to do this simple don't say simple task I don't know I think a lot of people think that boxing things is very simple but it's not <laughs> it's a very hard task to me and that actually made me understood that if you didn't do it yourself you really wouldn't know.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. So that's why I learn a lot by doing things and being, you know, there. And even though nowadays I don't <laughs> pack any boxes anymore and yep. but sometimes I try, but everybody asks <laughs> me not to. <laughs> Uh, boss, I, slowed, I slowed down the process. I tried once. There's, there might be some parcels that we did might not have the sticker packs in it. It's may. I forgot. Because they were like, you put the stickers like, maybe? I can't remember. <laughs> Any econ packages that has no stickers it's because of I me. Mean. <laughs> yeah, it's not simple. Um, I Yeah, so... It is interesting but that taught me a lot of like what it takes and even for us to do one sale like i want to i keep thinking about how to reevaluate that a lot more i know that actually inflates the ultimate product but other than you know like what people are learning about how the costs the real costs the true costs of like producing stuff the from the factories and all that basically Everything down the line has a cause and that includes us being in the middle as well. Yep. And I think by not valuating ourselves correctly too, it's gonna suppress the real problem too. So I see us very much a big part of the problem, but we I also see ourselves as a very big part of the solution. Interesting. So yeah. you're
0: part of the problem as well as being part of the solution. How do you how do you make sense of this
1: uh paradox yeah I guess we are a problem if we persist in the same way okay without any consciousness in that way but we can be the solution if we we really have a real awareness on who and what we're supporting and why
0: so I guess really the identity of the company is vital
1: yeah, as in, like, not just us, but, like, you know, like, be it the brands that we're working with. Mm. Like, there's a really big why that I'm trying to, like, really answer internally as well. So not in any way judge, being judging in that sense, but it's just more of, like, having more intention about who we are supporting, who are we elevating, uh, who are we making sure that, you know, they can reach their finish line, basically. And I see us, like, being... A part of their story in that way. Mm. So right now, I'm very conscious about who are we choosing to, you know, like to really bring to the finish line. Basically,
0: so there is a finish line.
1: There is somewhat of
0: <laughs> there is somewhat of a finish line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, there is a finish line in a sense. Like, um, in a sense, like why, you know, having more purpose and meaning with why we do what we do. Mm. I always thought that can you do you need to do that with everything? And there's a lot of like interesting conversations that I have in my head about that. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because like ultimately that is your like your inner compass actually. And mm. you if you don't answer that, you'll find yourself being in that place again.
0: But speaking about answering, let's say these two words, purpose and meaning. Yeah. What has what has given you the language to even understand these two words? Because I would, I would imagine that these two words is it's not common when, when when people talk about let's say a profession. It's not common like you don't go to a profession. This is my purpose. This is what I want to do. But it's, I feel that it's very important to mm-hmm. to know these two things. And I guess your sense of self will probably develop. It will probably go under these two things. But how? What? What gave you the language, or what gave you? Uh, some sort of semblance of understanding as to what is your purpose and what is your meaning as an individual?
1: Mm, that's such a big question. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, like, I think I would consider myself somewhat pretty spiritual. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's like, that will give it some context. And I, thinking about all these things overall, it does create more like of, um, give me confidence to pursue what I'm doing. Mm. I do like question a lot, not in a doubtful way, but it's just more like, um, does this make sense? Um, from a very mental perspective, like, you know, like um, you, you want to intellectually think if that is logical or not. So like, yeah. I know that I have that aspect that's pretty trained with, basically singapore education i feel the
0: the, the pragmatic part <laughs> yeah, of yeah, you yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: i've been told that Now i realized that actually all my friends in singapore are somewhat like that i think we all have that <laughs> skill it's a very good skill yeah. and i always tell my i always remind my friends hey you guys got this skill that is very very good not everybody has it <laughs>
0: mm, interesting
1: yeah and then that's also the part where after you've done many things like at least where i am in life or my age right now. I just feel like you will you, you discover there's some things that you do is is more effortless to you mm. versus like you trying to push against a wall. Okay. And after some time attribute it to like actually there's some things that are just like a lot more, you know, like in some ways um align with who you are mm. and it will just flow. And these words are very general and all that, and you can't really explain what it means. But if you stop and think and really feel it in your body and like you know, um, and really have a real talk with yourself, you will actually discover that what these things are for you, mm. and what's happening for you, and what's happen- not, what's not happening for you. And honestly, I do question a lot about what I'm doing in this particular industry in that sense because I didn't really come from a place where street culture is um how to say like first de- that's a first degree, zero degree of like experiencing it. Oh okay. You know, I we experience it like it's important. Yep. So I was like, am I the right person to tell this story, basically? Mm-hmm. Even though I can be super interested, super passionate, uh, super hardworking but there were a lot of things that just happened in my favor and things just fell. it makes sense and I didn't really have like, I didn't really doubt myself when I was doing it in a way. It's just more of like, I, I do ask like myself if I'm the best person for like, say the brand I'm working with because I want them to succeed too. So it's just very realistic, pragmatic <laughs> <laughs> questioning, yep. but not in any way putting myself or like who I'm working with down or anything. It's just a very real like, you know like checking in yeah and it just works so i'm like okay don't question it Mm. you know to a point (laughs) but that is would
0: you say that that's only one part of the equation i guess it's the spiritual part of you kind of balances it out
1: yeah so like the spiritual part is just more of like it's really interesting because like i have a strange knowing of certain things um
0: could you please describe <laughs> Could you look into the future?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not psychic. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not. But it's just knowing of like, hey, you know, like I, I think I'm going to move to this city. Without knowing anything, anybody, I don't feel like, I don't have a certain fear or something holding me, back. I just don't even have like, it's not going to work kind of vibe. It's just strange. I just do it. And even like for me to start a company in Hong Kong, I was like, hey, I just feel like this is the right thing to do and I'm just going to do that. And like now we have a team of people from Hong Kong. A lot of them are locals as well. Mm-hmm. I think that if I... It wasn't something that I could do somewhat, like, I would probably... There's a lot of questions, right? Like, what if we can't communicate or what yep, if, like... Yep. I don't even know. Like, I've never been to Hong Kong long enough to know, like, how it, it really is there. But I've never felt uncomfortable... Um, in fact like I, I speak Cantonese and somehow my Cantonese improved because like <laughs> it's quite funny like I have meetings in can- full on Cantonese
0: yeah. wow yeah like <laughs> and everybody understands each other
1: yeah well sometimes I just have to remember to check the dictionary or I have to call like my co-worker Tom to be like actually why do you say that what does that mean like, he helped me a lot more in the initial meetings in the first when we first got to Hong Kong because yeah. he speaks really good Cantonese yeah. and I'm like this is so hard I don't even <laughs> know how much the numbers are I was like it sounds like a lot of money <laughs> it sounds like a lot of money <laughs> is it a million or a hundred thousand I can't kinda- <laughs> what's a big difference <laughs> it's a big difference <laughs> yeah I was asking is it a million or a hundred, how many zeros are there Wait, then I was asked, is this USD or Hong Kong dollars? I'm like, <laughs> hey, it's so hard, but it's like so yeah, it's very important that we don't get it wrong. <laughs> but it's just very funny in like my mind. I'm like this. I'm just curious. I just okay, let's try this. But of course, if I was very fearful, I think there's really a lot of reasons to think that I would not be able to do this. Mm. But it's strange, right? Like I also don't understand like why I, my mo- my parents, or my mom always say like I don't understand why you could just go there and do this. I never really thought about it, you know. I would just be like, I don't know, like just do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So so when you say spiritual, uh I'm curious to know, when you say spiritual do you mean religious? Or do you mean something else?
1: Um I would for me being spiritual is just a general like, you know, being knowing that there's a force bigger than you, your logical brain and mind and yeah. heart. Um, they're just like it's more energetic gotcha. in a way. And I guess, like you know, when people say your vibe attract your tribe, (laughs) what (laughs) your vibe attracts your tribe. Okay, it's a real thing. You know, like you can't really, you really cannot vibe with everybody in that sense. And I think I'm a more sensitive person generally.
2: Mm.
1: So, like, I I learned that I'm really not for everybody, (laughs) and I'm okay with that. And I only can talk to certain people and really be open and like really be working with them. So it's just for me really meaningful. Like I do find meaning in the fact that I could connect with somebody and really work with them on a certain level. And I think it's very hard and very rare Mm. because I'm really not one of, say, some of the people in my team (laughs) (laughs) who can just be out there and like doing this and and. I actually lend a, I borrow a lot of the energy to do that sometimes because uh, th- some some people can really just connect with a lot of people and yep. all that. Like for me, it's like, I really like this one-on-one conversation. Like I enjoy it more than I like, say if there's like three of you, right? <laughs> 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 three of me? <laughs> oh I
3: w- God. I, yeah, I
1: wouldn't be able to focus and I yeah. feel like it's not as meaningful or mm. like I wouldn't be able to like, be open. It's yeah. strange. It's just like it's almost like a one off like one to one um meetings. Most of my meetings with friends or like important stuff, it's just a one to one thing. Mm. And I think energetically, that's what I'm. It's more like, like an
0: exchange. Isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's more. I'm more comfortable with. I'm like, um. But of course, I can function in different occasions. But <laughs> like my preference would be that. naturally. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, uh. Yeah, so, like, even knowing that about me, like, I've structured my work a lot like that. I am mm. i don't know if people ever realized I'm actually... It's either I'm always with a lot of people or, like, most of the time I'm by myself.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, when I'm working and I'm, like, with, say, pre-COVID, yeah. showrooms being on other cities, like, you know, like, how crazy ske- our schedules can be and I'm um, like back to back meetings yep, and um, yep. and it's not even one person it's like we'll probably be a whole gang of people mm. working together for some reason <laughs> <laughs> for, for some reason <laughs> I was like well, why is a group so big <laughs> it takes so long to get to point A to point B <laughs> I'm sure you experienced that. I was have experienced.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll just part ways the group yeah. just for and some then. reason. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Even if you didn't start off like that, somehow people just join you, and then you just you just grow in numbers. <laughs> when everybody's in the same city, and then this, then there'll be times where I, I go back where my home is too, is like New York, mm. where I don't really have an office space right now. I, I rest. And I spend a lot of my time recuperating and working out of a coffee shop. Mm. And I like that paradox too, in that sense. Um, It balances things out. Yeah, it balances things. And I think that the part where I have more solitude in New York is quite interesting because I actually answered that whole question in my, I was talking to you about my friend's podcast that I did. It's, It's really about that. Like why I find my core or center or my recuperation time in New York and why is it in Singapore or like in Hong Kong or LA where there's an office and the team my dynamics and the way I work is really different so I think I need that that to me is balance (laughs) in my life but it's very very extreme Mm -hmm. yeah and I just like the fact that when I'm in New York I feel like I'm just starting over again
0: interesting What do you mean by Because at
1: this point in time, I don't really have a team team in New York and I'm just like working pretty solo. And Mm. then the teams are all in the different- Time zones globally and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just, I feel like I have more time to fuel my own company. Oh, that's (laughs) interesting. Yeah. yeah, It's like your own energy. Like, I think everybody felt that during this whole like circuit breaker or like whatever, you know, this time when social distancing is important. Everybody- for the first time, experience their own energy, their own company.
0: <laughs> However uncomfortable you might be yeah. or you are. Yeah,
1: yeah it's really interesting to observe. That's why it's like anthropology. <laughs> I'm just
0: curious. Um this this particular look on spirituality, which you described as how you have come in, in tune with your own energy and recognizing what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Yeah. I might say it's pretty unconventional. Um, so mm. I'm I'm just curious to know what are your influences or what are your like personal philosophies or philosophy or people you 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 look up to with regards to have perhaps have have taught you this particular way of looking at things or yeah. Because to, to to me it sounds a little bit unconventional. Like not many people might uh look at the world the way you do. So I'm just yeah. curious to know what has influenced you.
1: So good that you pointed this out because in my world in my mind it's so normal. Mm. <laughs> and then everybody will be like why what are you saying, like,
3: <laughs> Sabina, come back it's to like earth? Spirit.
1: <laughs> like, no, I'm like, what? I'm, like, we all have souls, right? Like, you are talking, like, you know, what is soulful to you, or even that aspect. It's really interesting. You're right. And I always talk like that and I forget. And, like, people will ask me, like, oh, interesting. Or they'll go back to, like, oh, it could be some part of the brain thinking about something like that. And, like, you know, mm-hmm. some scientific thing. But I don't know, like, for me, it has always been a gut feeling. Interesting. And then the other the other aspect of it, like I'm, I mean, I think my family has always been a lot more about, you know, like um, understanding, you know, uni- the universe a bit more. And my parents are like Buddhists, mm-hmm. and they talk about philosophies of life outside of material things, so. There's been a somewhat a general awareness of like, you know, things like even karma, samsara, you know, and there's a lot of bigger things and like what attributes and why, you know, why must we be a lot more mindful? Mm. So I think I grew up in that environment and it's only like pretty much in my adult life that I am really open to Buddhist philosophies too. And in some ways, like, I'm trying to figure out if I'm doing, like, I'm working in my being is, like, in in alignment with that.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. And I've never, it's really interesting because you always think that, oh, like, a religion or something or a a spiritual decision is just something that you choose or you tick the box, you know, the religion you think (laughs) (laughs) of. You just tick that, right? But, after you study, like, for me, like, I don't think Buddhism as a Like a religion I think a bit more as a philosophy I listen to a lot of the Dalai Lama stuff And Mm -hmm. like And about like how being And understanding certain things Even like certain things When things are hard You know It is basically In Buddhism it's very like In some ways pretty pragmatic too That's why pragmatic That's why I kind of like Accept it easily It's like Suffering is suffering You know It can never be comfortable basically mm. <laughs> so that's, like, that's a good point yeah like a lot of people want to escape and yep. feel better and there might be some religions who's, who tell you that you could it could go away or it could be better but in Buddhism it's very pragmatic you say that suffering <laughs> is suffering no matter how you you wrap it up no matter how you put it and all that so the idea is just to sit with it
2: mm.
1: take a walk with it and all that so it just and it's human nature to want to run away from things and all that. And just through this one simple philosophy, it makes you understand more of the things and humble you a lot more. Like instead of running away or whatever. And they'll say things like, you know, things that you resist will persist. And that comes in the form of karma or like learning the your soul lesson basically. Yeah. And soul
0: lesson. <laughs> yeah. What is that? <laughs>
1: okay just for people who are open <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that, that interesting what is that and recently uh it's quite funny and i guess like just now you're okay so how i got to the whole soul lesson things because like also just a shout out to my sister uh i think she is a older soul mm. in my mind and she has a lot more knowing understanding of things like that and she actually i was lucky because in the sense that she she figured this out things out earlier and because of her influence I started being interested and open to my own like understanding of things. So in some ways, yes. I have people around me who were who are a lot more like uh studious <laughs> and, like you a lot more. more like, studious. <laughs> yeah, because like my sister likes to read a lot. Gotcha. And everything that she comes is not just like, oh I feel this, whatever. She backs up with like there's real research and you know like um, backings and stories like yep. behind it and like that's how I also got convinced that there's a lot more things to than, than meets the eye basically mm. so like back to soul contract it's it's just that in uh, in Buddhism it is belief that you know like you before you're born into whoever you are mm. your soul have made a pact on like the kind of lessons that you're gonna learn in this lifetime interesting yeah okay okay so maybe to put it in more simpler yeah. fashion is say that maybe your this lifetime is to learn more about some like uh, maybe a entrepreneurial journey or like your money or say maybe money is like something a lesson that you really need to learn so if you don't learn or master it like the same things in different situations will just keep so happening.
0: like these are the patterns that you have yeah, to
1: patterns. be aware of. Yeah. yeah. Or some people to them is like maybe family. They might be born into a certain family, but actually maybe the soul's lesson is to find your real family in this mm-hmm. lifetime who might not be your blood family. Yep. So it is very interesting when I think about it like that. Yep. And then I do find that looking back, there are patterns in my life. And then I just get annoyed, like, oh, this is such a heartless. Why, get did, I- <laughs> why <laughs> did I agree to this?
0: <laughs> this feels uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why did I agree to this? But it's strange because there are a lot of things that you can't explain. You know, you can't explain. No, like, why do I wanna? Why am I living a nomadic life? For example, mm. I'm pretty. I like comfort. You know, I realized that I, after being like having to stay in New York for a bit, I quite like having a routine, even though like the whole covid situation is stressful and all that like it's just nice to be in one place but um a lot of my work and the other things that is important at least for now evolves a lot on like co- like connecting the dots which requires me to probably travel at some point more uh still so it i do have to plan around that still a lot so i'll be like why am I doing this? When-
0: <laughs> but, but 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 when you ask these questions to yourself, when you look at, I guess, when you look at uh, your, your journey thus far, does does anything stand out in particular and you can go, hey, this is a lesson that I may not be consciously aware of when I'm going through it, but with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of being more open and more exposed to these particular teachings, I can say, okay, this was a lesson that uh, has stuck with me throughout. Uh,
1: yes. I think that one of the main things is a lot on self-worth. Self-worth, okay. Yeah. And especially when I'm dealing with a lot of people's work, actually. What do you mean by that? Like how, you know, like how we are actually really very much like being the representation of brands, like Mm. in a lot for a lot of the brands that we work with in all these countries. And there'll be a lot of times where we have to negotiate on behalf of a lot of the creatives, you know, and earlier on I learned that you know there's a of course you can work by a market rate and this is yep. what it is it Is what it is but then when you're negotiating and pu- putting like what you represent in a position if you're not co- fully confident and you know you don't know what you're working towards uh, you could be shortchanged in some ways yep. and if you dive it, if you think about it I'm more on a life coaching <laughs> <laughs> aspect you know like just on a personal level before you even think about on a bigger work organization level it goes down to how you feel about yourself and things Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of creatives deal with that
0: the issue of self-worth and i guess putting a value to your work work.
1: yeah or like generally maybe not just creatives like everybody (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like i guess like my interactions a lot with creatives and all that and um i never thought about it that way until like i I'm doing a lot of. I've been doing a lot more, like not just inner work, but just real, like real work on like aligning stuff. And I did have, um, I did started, um, start having like, uh, life coaches this year, uh, when I had more time yep. <laughs> with the whole pandemic situation. Yep, and they just basically articulated all these things that I've experienced. Mm. And then I realized what it is like, oh, like this links to this, this links to this. And actually at the end of the day, we have to as be aware of what you think about self-worth or what you think about um uh what your values are. You know, like at first I actually approach my life coach on like, hey, I think my team needs help <laughs> <laughs> you know like i just like i just had that you, they just reminded me like last week after working with them for months and months i was like yeah. you remember how you approached me you say you said your team needs help <laughs> and then but actually then my coach was like no, no you need help <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, I <was> like, what? <laughs> no fix them <laughs> joking joking no 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 but it's just more of like Then I realized that everything really starts from you, you know, Mm. and, uh, what's reflecting, reflected in your, around you is, uh, is a real reflection of like what's inside of you. So you cannot externally change or control anything out of you, Mm -hmm. but you can change yourself. And once you start doing that, things will start changing externally.
0: What prompted the decision to, to, to work with a life coach? At 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 this particular... Yeah, what what prompted the decision?
1: It's very interesting because, like, um, I think there were a few things that I was thinking about for a long time. Okay, so just to share this interesting story in case somebody listens to it and find it relevant. um, I guess, like, the there was a period of time when I felt like conducting business for me was a certain way that you can win. You have to be somewhat competitive, aggressive and like vicious. (laughs) Vicious, okay. Like that's what you watch you watch all those movies and like everybody's like oh, you need to be like that and like calculative Mm. and all that. And I always think to myself well, that don't feel really good (laughs) but what if but uh, but the competitive for me is like I don't really want to be like that too, you know, but I want, I want to win, but I don't really want to be like Mm. that. And then also there's a lot of masculine roles around me. Mm. And there's a lot of like the role models are men as Mm. well. And I wouldn't say role models. It's just basically people who seem successful. Gotcha.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And
1: so I've always questioned a part of like the soft skills, things that I felt was important, like, you know, like having having put in more heart to something, like, <laughs> <laughs> what does it, well, like, should I tell my team to like, hey, can you put, like, no, don't care about the numbers, but can you just like really put more care into this thing and mm. whatever? How does that, does that really matter at the end of the day? You know, like, so those are the, some of the things that I've questioned a lot. And the funny thing is like before, the pandemic happened like i i was on the way back to new york but before i got back to new york i actually got I actually signed up for i got myself like um well it's more of a hsp like almost like a hsp counseling person like a therapist what's hsp okay so there's a group of people that's called highly sensitive people oh okay okay I don't know if you heard of it
0: No, I've heard of it No, it makes sense or <laughs> it just be okay, yeah, okay.
1: highly sensitive so people who are a bit more like intuitive and all that and I, I discovered that I might be because a lot of things bothers me about the small things that people are not aware of it bothers me a lot like even like the fact that this Florissant light is like it's not the kind of light that I like you know what I mean I will <laughs>
0: tell it to the owner of this studio <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like, will refer like, your comments
1: like something like that it's like it's just like what is like the different things that makes me like what's comfortable or what is like jarring to yep. me um i think i've always been like why is this like hard for me mm. so i just basically noticed that there's a lot of things that i have been suppressing okay um just in the way of like figuring out that maybe those are the things that are not important and then the, the things that are obviously important is like being Aggressive, being strong, being, uh, vicious, <laughs> vicious. Maybe not vicious. Yeah. <laughs> <like> competitive, <laughs> okay. being like a bit more like outspoken and like, um, you know, all the things that look su- successful yep. to a person, or like being like out there a yep. lot. Uh, so I wanted to ask this person like, at first I was like, hey, can you take, can you, can I somehow take that sensitive part out of me and like so I can compartmentalize uh, and be more strong fo- strongly, re- strong will or might be a lot more focused in yep. this work aspect. Not that I want to take the sensitive out of me but if there's a way or like there may be skills that I could learn.
0: Or to, or, or to fit this certain more of success <laughs> that you had. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but everybody that I've talked to said that it's a strength. Mm. It's not something for you to like eliminate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then I realized that I was a very, on a very wrong path and that was also like, to me, a big self-discovery. You know, that's me. I cannot cancel myself, basically. It is a part of you. Yeah. Then I feel, then after knowing that I feel fearful a bit because I'm like, oh no, is that, does that mean that it's limiting? Does that mean it's weak or it's vulnerable? Um. But after many research and like me, like getting more, like doing, more research online i discovered that i discovered there's like so many people talking about such things like in this world like in different forms there's scientific ways there's spiritual ways there's like something that's more creative and more art um way of like approaching it Mm. but it all leads to one thing which is basically emotional intelligence and i've always thought that Emotional intelligence is something either you have it or you don't have it.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's binary like that, but okay. <laughs> okay.
1: But it's not. It's mm. something that you actually have to be aware and you could practice and you could get ba- get better at.
0: How, how would you describe emotional intelligence today?
1: I guess emotional intelligence is just, const- it's just basically understanding energy. Emotions okay. are energy and everybody have it. Be it you're the a doctor, or you're the most like vicious, not vicious strongest like a uh, businessman, mm. or are you a you know like um what else is like seems emotionless,
0: Mister Stoic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, because it's it's interesting you mentioned that uh, emotions because one might argue that we live in a in a society today that doesn't necessarily put an emphasis on emotions per se. Mm. They Emotions usually are part of the conversation when you want somebody to do something, perhaps be it part of a vicious cycle of, let's say, social media. It's usually manipulated in a sense uh, to tie in, let's say, with consumerism. Yeah. But there isn't a lot of focus around the talk about emotions as it is and the way one might deal with it. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, there isn't, which is weird because I always thought that it should be intrinsic and everybody should somewhat kind of figure it out. On their own time.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, I do spend quite a bit of time just reading, you know, like, knowing who. Like, because I study (laughs) all these things internally. So, I always thought that maybe people do it a lot. You know, that's how they know what they like to wear. The kind of music that they like. But actually, it's not true. Mm. Not a lot of people, like, go all the way with, like, figuring that part out and how it ties back to how something just makes them feel simply, you know. And I think emotions is like basically the way that we all create connections and, you know, like um understanding. So it's quite weird that I never considered that at all. You know, like all these years and 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 then there's actually so much research about like, you know, on books on leadership, books on entrepreneurship mm. that actually ties it back to like how having higher eq is going to create better results and they gave so many examples and so many role models who actually have it and so it's quite strange like i think i'm on this new part of the journey where um i want to get a high score on perfecting you know like execution and being (laughs) who's greeting (laughs) you yeah i know it's like i guess that's the singapore part of me right like Mm. you do things Properly project management properly and all that and then I have also left behind a part that makes us very human um, which is you know like just really understanding how all these things work and why people what makes people tick basically mm. and it it brings me back to the level of like how why we start why we do what we do again and so those are things that's important in the end of the day because if we are not aware we're not aligned we can't do a lot of things you know because you can't do things alone i mean maybe if you can that this part wouldn't be such a big concern yeah because you didn't really need any you need to understand anybody else other than yourself but in order for us to do a lot more we have to understand the people around us and Mm -hmm. even like our clients more and the brands that we work with and what is it that is really important to them And so, like, I'm just going back into this rabbit hole. (laughs) A new rabbit hole of understanding um, how all these things ties back to the work that we do. And it's very interesting that I'm sharing this with you because it's such a new thing um, that I've just started uh, discovering myself and trying to figure out how how to roll that out Mm. within my team. And... I also do think that there's some, initially there were mental barriers because like, I mean, imagine last time we were just sharing all these cool designs of t-shirts <laughs> in our group chats, right? Yeah. So what, what
0: is in the quotes? Yeah. Rebels. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. So okay. Then I have to now talk to them about, hey, I think we have to understand like what are the values that's important to you. And you know, let's do some homework on that. And <laughs> and like, you know, it's just it's just more of a serious conversation of like, are we are we going the right direction with the things and like does it does it energize us, you know, mm. basically. Uh if it's not, then we drop it. You know, I'd rather we do it now than yep, later. Yep. Um yeah. And I'm I'm trying to like get everybody a bit more excited about discovering this aspect of themselves or like figuring out what their strengths and weaknesses are more without any like judgment. Yep. And, um, and these are skills that they can, you know, just have for the rest of their life, be it they're working with us or not. Yep. And I think that that's so valuable and especially during these times, you know, you're talking about resilience, being able to survive, you know, like different circumstances, changing uncertainty. Yep. I think this is the time where we need this more than ever. Yeah, so I'm just so curious (laughs) right now basically about how what it means if we were to really integrate this aspect into our work and the way we talk about the work that we do too. So yeah, it's a lot, but...
0: (laughs) I think that's a very refreshing way of of, of looking at things or looking even at the the idea of leadership. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what... What are the questions that I guess you would, okay. So how, how do you communicate such ideas to, to, to your team, whom I would imagine is spread across the world? Firstly, secondly, they might not be so in tune with uh, what you have learned or what you're thinking of or what you have experienced. So what are the questions that? I guess you would ask them, or how 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 would you start the conversation with someone like that?
1: So interesting. Actually, this is a work in progress. So depending okay. on when this will be launched, <laughs> I have different answers. But uh, but for now, like where I am, I am uh, I'm still going through coaching myself. It's a pretty cool, like it's pretty cool, um, almost like therapy. But then there's so much assignments to it. <laughs> <laughs> work. So much homework. <laughs> Shout out to Emil. <laughs> 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 and he basically helps me to understand, like, you know, within myself, what I need to work on first and what are the things that I resist, mm-hmm. what are the things that might be a concern when I'm thinking, talking about such things or how to approach it. And so, with that learning, I'm thinking of just like, on the team dynamics it's just to like really look at the people around me with almost like new eyes you know like not as them doing this work with me but as the people they are and how they would evolve with us basically Mm -hmm. so that itself is also like I'm taking some time to just understand that right now and but most of the people there's very rarely people would say no to self improvement in some ways. Mm. Yeah. So like in some ways like even it might take a bit of work. Um I think my team is generally open to ideas. They just don't know about the assignments that they have do. Back to school. Um, <laughs> we'll make it simple, multiple choice questions. But I'm mean, just very
0: curious to you know, um how has your job scope changed along the way oh like from the so very beginning yeah, because you said that you were initially handling a lot of things yeah and what what type of phases did you go through to, to lead you to where you are right now
1: um well, if, so think, you
0: started from a single person and now yeah. that you have a team even with regards to having a team it means that you have to entrust them with certain tasks and and that that could be a and uh Area where people might not be so willing to trust other people to do it up to their own standards. So I'm just curious. To yeah, know
1: that's a very very good question because it's still something that honestly I'm still working on. Um, it's not that I don't trust my team. It's just a very instinctive, like, is it like your nervous system reaction? Basically, that's what I've learned. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna do it, make it happen, whatever. But then it it uh the, my team uh, opportunity to learn or like to be accountable for something that they want to be building on yep so i've been very conscious to not do that and let us have space to learn and do things together mm. and sometimes <clears throat> actually most of the time like we do find ways to do it better and yeah so I guess like how it evolved like it, it really started from me wanting to do everything myself and now knowing that I have the support of my team and my team has the support of me basically mm. and I guess that's where the next phase of selfhood is gonna go towards you know like having a real team to grow um I've communicated that we have a team we have a team but what does it mean to mm. really have a team it's really <laughs> really really interesting and long question that we have to answer It's not so straightforward it's it not isn't. simple and that's where i even like question myself that would i hire myself as the leader of my company if there is like a real cvo like uh, opening mm. would i hire myself why
0: what answer have you arrived <laughs> upon
1: I feel like I'm still like my... If I'm a director or like somewhat like, you know, a real corporate person, I feel like I'm still in training, to be honest. I'm I'm not like that... My own expectations on where I'll be as like the corporate or more corporate sort of a leader. Um, I'm still... There's a lot of things that I still have to learn and I'm actually... In some ways Preparing myself more For it With more awareness Mm. Than just thinking Hey you know what I started this company I named the company So I should be the leader (laughs) Mm. You know And not take it as like As it is I feel like everybody Has a role to play And we all have to earn Our positions In some ways And I would want to Be able to respect my leader too, You know If I had a leader So I just ha- have a lot more awareness of what to expect from myself. And that's what I'm working on right now. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. And, but it's really interesting because I feel like it's only now that I have that awareness and want everybody to be a lot more, have a lot more awareness about themselves too. Like I say, nothing like judgmental, like, you know, like uh, it's not criticism or like where, whatever it's just more of what I think it's an interesting growth journey so which is why like for me selfhood like the one criteria that you gotta have is that you need to be you wanting to evolve with the company otherwise it's gonna that be that is really, interesting <laughs> it's really 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 hard I guess like that is what it is because there's just so many aspects of the work that will question you that if you don't uh, because of maybe the the ambitiousness of it and the complexity of the work
0: So, that goes into when you are hiring new people. That goes into, I guess, from now onwards, that will go into what you look for in an individual before they come on board.
1: Yes, I ask them very, very honest questions, and um, I don't know if any of my team shared with you or anybody who worked with you have met the other people in my team. Um, Yeah, like we we do. It's such a long conversation and I've always checked in and we have all this like real conversations. And I just like that the job interview somewhat is like that. It's not really a job interview, it's just basically a a vibe check. Yeah, a vibe check. <laughs> <laughs> just check in and see where we are, okay? Like, you know? And uh it's really not like uh, corporate in some ways. Um mm. but I feel like this is way better. Um I like structure, but like, there's some things that I don't feel like really work anymore.
0: What What are some of those things that don't work?
1: I don't know, just expecting someone to do the work. Um, If you just, I, I understand job descriptions and like responsibilities because everybody asked me for that and then now I'm writing everybody job description after they're hired. <laughs> <laughs> what are you supposed to do? You, you should know what you're supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> what are you asking me? Yeah. So they're asking you to write job descriptions <laughs> No, but I realize that's what people need. But interesting, interesting. But so this is one of the things that I need to learn as a leader, right? You need to have be clear instructions. Mm. Okay, I'll provide that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I understand the importance of it, so I'm willing to accommodate. Yeah. Uh, but then, but that's the other part of it, like you know, ownership. That it's not something that I could put in a job description. Yep. You know, it's like if you you. You have pride in whatever you're doing You would For me it would be, it's an inst- almost an instinctive thing um, To question um, But that itself I know is also a very high expectation So I'm not saying that Oh every- everybody is like Knows it Or like I'm very good at it or whatever I just for me it's just something that we Are trying to work towards um, Yeah I think it of a good thing but yeah. I'm also open to, to it that in the sense of like for some people it might not be such a great thing because mm. some people just want to be told. Right? Yeah. They
0: just want to do the work. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't you know. I think we're under different dimensions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just curious to know what how would you define a good leader after knowing all this? What, what, what is your definition when you think of uh, someone who is a good leader who exhibits like good leadership skills? How would you define
1: that? I don't know. It's so it's, this is something that I'm still really, really learning. But at least for me right now, it's like, you know, like I used to think that, you know, you have to lead by example, which mm. is really important. But it's also very traditional in the sense that, like, you know, I'm, this is what this is where I've, I'm curbing the part of me where I have to do things myself.
0: Like follow me, my example, something like that.
1: Yeah, but I feel like that's like a bit old school. Okay, I think the leader, right? A good leader now empowers them to empower the team to be a leader in their own realm of work. Yeah. Uh, rather than just like you know, this is what I need to mean. I'm like, I'm like strong. You have to be strong like that. Like I don't think it works like that at all anymore. Um I it works if but it just creates complacency, I feel, because people will be um just expecting the same thing every time. But if you were to empower someone to be thinking to be like a bit more like to know that they actually have the power to do a lot more, I think that if they once they experience that, they will never go back to the way they were. Interesting.
0: So it's transformative in that sense that once they are in tune or even open to this particular concept, yeah, they are, they have their own agency to actually push to new newer heights. Is that what you're saying? Yes,
1: 100%. I mean, at least that's how I'm con- conducting myself right now. And I hope that I can translate that to every level in the organization. But it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of communication. It takes patience. Um, and patience is also one of the things that I'm learning <laughs> a Patience? Lot. Yeah.
0: And could, could you help me understand why? Why patience?
1: Um, I guess a lot of things that I want to be working on has a longer timeline than I expected it to be. Okay. <laughs> like we set up the office three years ago in Hong Kong, then the LA office two years ago. In my original timeline, I thought by now everything would be like, we know what we're doing and where we're going but we just started still you know like three years in we are just starting to ground ourselves we're building the right trying to build the right teams You and learning a lot about the local landscapes of every city that we're in and how it works and what we need even three years in that's where we are (laughs) and I have to be okay with that (laughs) And that to me is the patience that I need to learn. Um, And I think I'll find a lot more joy in the work that I'm doing if I have more patience too. Because it's not just about rushing and trying to reach this like unreal timeline or like a milestone, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's something that I'm adjusting to. So I guess like, this is a very real check in of like what are the things that you know I'm thinking about and like where we could be basically.
0: Was yeah. this a realization you had that after after some contemplation about I guess the progress of a business and I guess your history and your journey that you realized that you need to you need to be more accepting of the pace as as, as of of how the business develops. Yes,
1: yes, and with that I also learned that it's not really about hitting those milestones it's just being happy with where you are in that very moment and actually I I think I'm getting to that point where even though like things might change or like there's a lot more work than I expected and most of the time that's the case mm, definitely <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, there's one constant there's like a lot <laughs> <laughs> um I feel just grateful and contented with where we are, basically. And I think that's the only way that we can sustain and you know, like being like appreciative of the people working as hard as you are with you. Um or you know, like the the part where ownership and like feeling and I just feel a lot of joy when people reflect the part of themselves where You know they care about this thing as much as you do, or like they know exactly what you want or where Mm. you're going, where Mm. we are going as a company. I think that's where I felt like, hey, you know, that's what the patience is about. Because, and when you felt that, that's also a good indication of like the good pace that you're at. Nothing's, and like forced, nothing's contrived in that sense, and. I'm beginning to be a lot more like hey no it's not a bad thing there's no good thing bad thing about where where you are basically mm-hmm. it doesn't define you as your whole life or your as a, your whole person so there's a
0: know. separation from the individual and I guess the business itself
1: yeah the business and all that in fact it's better to take more time with everything that's happening too and I think like every, with the climate of today I'm also beginning to learn a lot more about the role that we're in more because i realized there's a lot more chaos than peace in some Mm -hmm. ways Mm -hmm. um with different countries different climates met of like work um of like you know like different like traits and stuff like that and i'm just thinking like how I have a team that is global and we can communicate and we want to support each other. And yep. I think that's a meaningful thing in, in itself. And that itself is kind of rare in mm, some ways. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Um, so I was like, that's a good point, starting point, you know? And how do I make it strong? How do I make it grow in the right way? You know, and not be evolved into something that is not how we intended it to be so yeah so it's just a lot of thoughts (laughs) basically so having
0: a global brand and i guess having a global team Mm -hmm. does it mean
1: having global problems as well yes 100 percent um just to share (laughs) when when um last year the hong kong riot started in summer Mm. and then like I couldn't go to Hong Kong because of that. It was kind of really dangerous at one point. I had to cancel my flight and this year, I was about to go after Chinese New Year. I bought my tickets and then it got canceled because COVID happened and started locking down Hong Kong. It was nearest to like China and like all the affected cities. Singapore is next to be locked down. I left and then I went to the US and US got hit the worst after every every other like major city. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I have like three companies in uh, basically the same companies, just at different offices mm-hmm. in a uh, country where there is unrest, the riots. Oh, God. <laughs> and probably like dealing with the worst COVID situation yeah. right now in the US. Yeah. And then the economy in Southeast Asia is really bad. I'm like, what have I? <laughs> I And every day my conversations was about three things all together. It wasn't like one of each, you know? And I was like, if I can somewhat make it through this, I think we'll be good. You know, like that was like my initial thought. I was yep. like, can you imagine like if I were just in Hong Kong, of course you'd be dealing with the pandemic situation yep. uh, and but it wouldn't be as like big as the fact that you know in the US there was all this like um, uncertainty around like dealing with the pandemic and elections was yep. gonna happen too yep. uh, and then there's also like the Black Lives Matter movement yep. Uh, there was just so much chaos that exactly. I was like having one my one day meeting is about all these things like oh, in Jesus. different and I was just like thinking to myself that I cannot avoid any of these conversations they are very important yep. present conversations that I need to have so I just take it as like you know taking examinations like every meeting I make sure that I'm very focused and I need to say the right things you know I make the right decisions um and explain it to different people because they don't feel the same intensity of different things. Definitely. Like, yeah. we have team in Singapore, but they don't understand the stress, the financial stress, economy stress, where, you know, because Hong Kong's a financial hub and yep. with the China and Hong Kong, like, politics and all that, like, there's just so much th- talk about, like, companies going bankrupt and, mm-hmm. like you know, but in Singapore, it's bad. It's just a different kind of, like, focus you're
0: kind of insulated from a lot of yeah, the
1: things, yeah. yeah. so I have to explain how the team in Hong Kong is functioning oh and God. how they are what they're dealing with and I have to explain what's happening in the US when our warehouse was closed and we, we spent a few weeks just like making uh, face masks mm-hmm. because there wasn't any masks in the US yep. and we basically had to convert our warehouse to, to, create, to, to be doing that service during that time and yep. to figure out what are we going to do if we are close for those few months? Yeah. So, I don't know how to explain to everybody. Everybody's like reality. <laughs> In that sense, I was like, it's so strange. Uh, But it was a very intense period. and, But there was a very strange realization from that. I was just thinking, you know, if I somehow I felt like a little more discouraged i told myself if i was a little bit more discouraged with what's happening with what i want to be creating you know yeah i could probably I'm um, it's okay to do that way but in some ways i don't know why like after like coming back from the u.s and being here and you know like having still to deal with figuring out what's next and everything like i don't in some strange ways i didn't feel very burdened i didn't feel like I want to be less encouraged so I think I'm going to miss the boat where I could be like oh, okay I'm going to cut myself slack on doing this but I feel in fact a lot more motivated or like okay this is my role to actually mm. build something that there's a lot more understanding across all these markets and how in some ways the business is going to support the livelihood of the people who are building on the important things the meaningful things it's very vague still, I know it, but, um, if, in some ways, it just strengthened that mindset of mine, and I thought, this I'm so crazy, <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned a livelihood, especially going through this pandemic, because, f- from the start of this conversation, you say, selfhood started from you, and as you grew the team, as you, took the business, I think, into New York, and LA, and Hong Kong, you started to form like a global team, and when this pandemic, you mentioned that, a lot of people are looking to you for like a decision. Perhaps yeah. you said uh, you had to close. There was a lot of uncertainty. Let's say in one in some of your your, your factories, and you had to close down to make the mask. Yeah. And to me, when when I hear something like that, what I want to know what what is going through your mind at this at that particular point in time? Because you have so many people, quote unquote, depending on you on their life for their livelihood, and you're facing uncertainty. To me, there is no right or wrong decision.
2: Yeah.
0: There, that, no. that is that is a, an illusion that there is a right decision, there's a wrong decision. There yeah, is no yeah. such thing. There is only a decision that you'll stick to or you you come up with and you'll navigate through that. Yeah. So what was going through your mind But perhaps back in April, when you are faced you are looking at all these three these, these particular regions, you have to, I don't know, bring everybody through it. Hmm. I and guess, yourself you have to bring yourself through it as well
1: that's true I guess like, I kind of broke it down to many things I actually gave myself more time that's about it to feeling the feelings and then before I make a decision before I talk to anybody because mm-hmm. like I, I try not to talk to anybody in the team or have any meetings if I'm not really feeling it that's number one and then number two is just more of like there's actually real conversations that is very hard um On a very, very, like, realistic financial thing, what are the, like, three... What are the outcomes, basically? Yep. You know, like, playing chess. (laughs) Like, like there are real outcomes to things, right? And just basically, I actually had the hardest talk internally. um, It's very cold because it's not just... It's not coming from me. It's just coming from people who are, like, you know, "This, uh, this is business at the end of the day. And... I never had those conversations, especially when I just started in a lot of the you know like the offices and stuff like that. So it's just not saying that that's gonna happen, but it's just a reality that it might, if yep, depending definitely. on what things happen. Yep. So I had that on that that note, but with everybody, it's just a more of a reassurance of like you know what uh, we're gonna try to get through this, but we need to make some adjustments. Um, so we take care of that first, but eventually, it's just more of like having everybody be open and communicative about what they need Um, it was just more about the well-being of everybody first so like there wasn't a lot of like you know like we must do this thing or whatever if things took a lot longer because everybody needed more time um, figuring out like how they feel or they need to recuperate rest Um, I think we did allow that quite a bit actually So, but in some ways, things didn't really fall apart. (laughs) It was just like, you know, people who were doing their part, they held things together. So in the end, we got through it. So I think that everybody actually played a very huge part on like, just keeping that part of the world whole. Mm. You know? And that's just, that's enough. It's crazy. It's like, and I realized how important that is. It's just, you know, you just have to keep, the, the, that part of your world whole is enough. You
0: know. So it's like keeping your immediate, I guess, surroundings good. Yeah. That's that's one, what, that's what the individual, the team's responsibility there. And yeah. in in looking from a global spe- perspective, everything is good.
1: Yeah. And it did work because it's the first time in our history of working together with so many people. Mm. I've not seen everybody in more than like 10 months. Oh, that's, um, fair, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's true. Because usually I, you know, you know our schedule. I, I know you, your you schedule, know you're me. just always not in Singapore. Yeah. I, I'm not in Singapore, but you kind of still, still see me, right? Because we do have all these trips where we could meet somewhere else. Yeah. We might be in the US. Yeah. We might be like, because Hong of, Kong like, is
0: the like the go-to every yeah, the, year. It used to be the go-to yeah, every year. The yeah, opportunities
1: yeah. that yeah. we have bring us together yeah. no matter what it is. Yep. So, in some ways, I always see a big part of my team every month. Mm. I don't know how, but- <laughs> <laughs> This is the first time that i didn't see anybody i couldn't really understand how they felt were they stressed were they like feeling um they do they need more support or like um are they feeling like isolated or you know like uh confused about like the situation and it's so hard to understand and like and sometimes you just don't have the energy to like, really um connect in that sense too mm. and i think a lot of people felt that for a take too And I guess it's just like a lot more understanding and like just saying, you know, knowing what you need, and yeah. So this year, in some ways, is a very special year. Um, I don't think we can go back to the exact way that we were. Like the, the,
0: the, the, the covid the traveling and the global presence like that is that what you mean
1: or not really like i think everybody would travel once everybody had <laughs> everybody's dying to travel <laughs> yeah i <laughs> think the, the main part about traveling everybody who joined a company or like be a part of this is because they love to travel <laughs> i don't think that is the part that's gonna go away um
0: so so what do you mean that things uh might not be able to go back
1: i think there were a lot more emphasis on like doing a lot of things, you know, just like because that we can, just because we can. Help me
0: explain, what what do you mean by that?
1: I guess that like, we try to be in every big event and every, you know, like make everything that is exciting or fun happen. I think that was like our intention at that point in time. But I think moving forward, everybody will probably be a lot more mindful about why is it that they're doing what they do and so i think i would take that approach more as well like say that if we were to all travel like, was it really for and not that i'm against it but it's just more like okay like we need to really make this you know count in that sense and be a lot more like spend a lot more time building the right things as well because we can build a lot of things, I realized. After we stopped, I was like, dude, we did so much.
0: <laughs> when you say building things, what do you mean? Like physical things or just internal frameworks or structures or processes? Mm,
1: I guess like projects. We took okay. on so many projects when things were like normal, you know, uh, and we just said yes to every project that was interesting. But there wasn't a very way, a good way of filtering like what makes sense and like, you know, um, we were all available and we were all like energetic somehow to do everything. <laughs> now it's like I guess I can't go back to the same kind of productivity. I don't think we'll be less productive but we'll be a lot more like directed basically.
0: Directed. Yeah. So directed and a lot more focused productivity. Yeah,
1: correct. And uh, I feel like that will be way better and I like the time where we can be idyllic actually where we're just Have more time to do nothing. More time to do nothing.
0: (laughs) Do you think your personality will allow you to to do nothing?
1: Yes. (laughs) Okay. okay. (laughs) That would be my dream. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's also the one big part of it. Like me actually being okay with doing nothing. Yeah. Last time, us being on the go, go, go like mentality, like even if you have vacation time, you wouldn't know how to take a vacation. I think now, like, after, if, in the ideal world, a pandemic is awfully and to take a good vacation after the pandemic <laughs> and not go back to work.
0: <laughs> Do you think that runs in contrast to how entrepreneurship culture is portrayed?
1: Yes, in many ways. And, like, I guess, like, entrepreneurship is, in the initial time is, like, a lot on, like, being, working hard. There's a lot of things that you have to, like, you know, do be productive 100% how to be very efficient quote-unquote
0: productive yeah yeah, quote-unquote
1: productive but actually now productivity can be achieved in many ways Mm. and it can be smarter basically and i think what is good productivity is if there's a higher level of joy and happiness which shouldn't come so it shouldn't be a reward in a way i think we should strive towards having being as, being able to access that regardless of you know whether you, you should be I don't know like you're successful or not yeah mm. and I know it's a very hard thing to do and a hard thing to grasp in some ways but um, I think that has to do a lot to do with rest <laughs> <laughs> rest yes
0: okay so like that's so like, as what you said taking a break uh, from work detached and not touching it and just i guess uh going through your own internal process of just figuring out what you want and all that stuff
1: mm. so i think that is very important and i can't wait to really rest uh without you know having to be worried about the whole pandemic situation and i think that's something that i'm looking forward to it's not i'm not looking forward to jumping back to where we were before i i i i have been processing like what it is what it is and what's been lost in some ways mm-hmm. in like the old ways mm. and I'm looking forward to like the new way basically and yeah
0: so basically pre, pre-COVID pre selfhood and p- current selfhood is there is a difference
1: yes there is a difference there is there's a lot more like thought I guess mm. and when the, there's a lot more quiet everybody can be a lot more, you know, like, less distracted in some ways, yeah.
0: Interesting. Um, I would like to get your perspective on fears because mm-hmm. I believe that as an individual grows, so does their fear. Yeah. So, uh, so as to what they are fearful of because you... How would I say this? Ideally... You shouldn't fear the, the thing that you fear perhaps five to 10 years ago. As you grow up, as you mature in your thinking, as you're more aware of things, the fears change with you. And yeah. that shows you, or that kind of indicates to you perhaps what you need to work on. Yeah. All these other thoughts you want to ascribe to it. So I'm just curious to know what might you be fearful of today, or what is something that you might have overcome before? Um,
1: interesting. I think the fear of like, Okay, I think the main fear was like starting over.
0: Starting over. Mm. What what do you mean by that?
1: Uh I feel like there were a lot of times when, you know, when I was younger and then like one of the main fears that I had was with starting a business is that what if you fail, right? Like epically. <laughs> you yep. know what what's after that? Like do you continue doing something? Like, how is that even possible with no track record basically? hmm but I guess like with all the experiences, like uh, the 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 challenges I've been through, as long as you don't st- don't stop <coughs> doing things, you just keep going in some ways, you can always start over again. And that's something that I tell myself a lot, if you know, like um with things with major changes especially, and you do have to calculate risk with making certain decisions and all that. And I always think to myself, um, it's really interesting because actually I've heard this, this being told to me the first time I started my business at 19. And there was a, I had a mentor mm. then. And he asked me about the things that I want to do. And at, being young, I always tell him all the excuses why I wouldn't do it. And one of it was definitely about, you know, like, what if I need, I did it wrong? Mm-hmm. What if I need to start over? Yep. It's too late. What if I didn't go to school? Yep. What if I need to go to school later? How would that work out? You know, things like that. And he just said that actually, it doesn't matter. All these things can happen at any point of your life. Do you, well, then what, what do you think you is the most valuable thing if you, you know, you were to do all these things what's your ultimate goal mm. and then of course being like younger you think like oh I want to get I want to have a long vacation yes. until enough. like live in Hawaii yeah. I want to like <laughs> you know be really rich and yeah, yeah. be a beach bum for real and yeah. that kind of thing then then what's next Or well, maybe some houses what's next maybe some like you know like you, just like material stuff and then, but there's no, like, so there's no end to it, right? He said, yeah, I guess so. If you're like a long, making a lot of money and you're successful. Yep. Yep. Then he told me actually there's one thing that's the most valuable thing that is even more valuable than all those things that you can acquire. And you have to be really, and you have to be aware that this is something that you could acquire. Because if you're building all these things without understanding the real reason behind it it's true that if you were to fall you might not be able to start over again Mm. so on the contrary of that if you build all these things with your intention of building it as though like you have to start over again and when you do fall you have the real confidence to say that yeah I have no worry about that I could stand up again and that is the most valuable thing that you could work towards. Mm. And then I was like, huh? <laughs> 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 like, why would you do all these things to feel that way? I don't get it.
0: So you're doing it with the intention that failure is part of the process. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes. And I and it's, it got real this year. Mm. It got real like the few times that I was doing a lot of things out of my comfort zone. I don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. And it got real when, you know, probably if there were, like, um, consequences that I might be, you know, like, real things like it could be bankrupt or, you know, like, it's, like, real, like, consequences. Then I find myself being a lot less worried, a lot less stressed. And I'm like, actually, that came with understanding your expectations and what you really can do. And knowing, like, all this, having more experience to deal with things, right? and then now I understood what he's saying mm-hmm. because I actually have been putting the, the coins in the right jar the container which is the part where even if there, there's going to be challenges as such if I really epically fail I will know how to deal with it and I'm saying it because it's a real knowing. It's not something that I'm trying to like, yeah, don't worry. I would be able to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a real feeling and a real assurance. And it to comes myself.
0: internally, not externally. Right. Yeah.
1: And I never thought that I would feel that way. And in many ways, I've never felt this way before. If I were to think about it, when I initially started a lot of things, mm and I think hey actually I think I'm getting his point <laughs> isn't yes. it the beach bum is not my outer
0: <laughs> you want to own the beach maybe <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah I was like hey I want to be a beach bum I'm like why <laughs> now I'm like oh okay now I get it and it's true because like right now because having that feeling I enjoy the things that I'm doing more mm. it's not coming from a stressful or fearful place I'm just enjoying the journey you know and I'm like yo, I got this after like maybe what, 15 years. 15 years? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't get it then. I was like, huh. Oh.
0: But assuming that this is not something that can be taught or it, it can be spoken to you, but as what you say when you were 19, it just missed you completely.
1: Yeah. So
0: what was the realize or what spurred the realisation that and it hit you like what he said. I was like, oh, it kind of makes sense. It comes internally as like an internal. It sounds like confidence. But as an yeah. internal confidence yeah. in yourself that, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. Uh this goes back to what we said about purpose, meaning what spurred that thought, yeah.
1: Because I remember there were a lot of versions of me where I will panic and a lot of situations mm-hmm. where if it happened and I would need a support in a certain way, but now that things have got even more real and it's like it's a more like almost like a Marvel kind of movie right with everything that's happening <laughs> I didn't feel as like I should be like really stressed and mm. really like oh yo oh my gosh I can't handle this or whatever mm. but I I am surprised that I was like it's okay I think I'll know what to do you know I know what to do somehow like it's just a peace that I have it's not even saying that oh like like a full fool, foolish kind of confidence it's just like a very peaceful <laughs> way of like oh I, can, I, I think I'll know how to deal with it and even if things doesn't turn out that way and I don't think I'll stop I think that's the main thing
0: what What do you mean you, you don't think you'll stop
1: I guess there were times where you know like when I say that though before I I even went to school. Mm. I'm just thinking maybe I'll never be able to graduate. You know, something that is like real. Like it could just be the end for me. That's the end. That's okay. it. Bye. You yep. Know? Yep. But I'm thinking to myself, maybe like there could be a real economic mm. breakdown right now. mm mm-hmm. Pandemic could last longer, touch wood. I hope so, hope not.
0: But assuming that it does, it could, <laughs> it definitely could last longer than we all expected. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, <laughs> the world might not come back to the way it was and we don't know how it looked like. Mm. You know, like <clears throat> maybe I have to stop all these things, right? Mm. Does that mean I won't be me anymore? Does this mean I won't be creating anymore? I don't think so. Like, then. I tell myself that okay then nothing to fear you know like it's just a very simple acknowledgement to that and I feel okay with everything (laughs) in a strange way so I guess that's where I I found that surprising to myself too my internal dialogue was surprising because I think the young me would have been like a bit more dramatic.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 That's <Right>? interesting. It's <laughs> the end of the world. Do
0: you yeah. think it's a maturity
1: thing? Uh, yeah, definitely. And I guess it also came with the fact that, you know, like, I really feel like there's a lot of people that I could depend on now more and a lot of people are depending on me too. I think that gives you a kind of strength, too, that I never had before.
0: It's interesting that people depending on you isn't isn't a paralyzing thought, but instead it gives you strength.
1: Yeah, I also thought that was quite interesting, <laughs> because you're right; it would have been paralyzing. Because I never wanted to be a captain or leader growing up, I'd be like, "Man, they have a tough job." <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, you're cooking <laughs> <laughs> you to have a tough job and it's true because in the sports when I was growing up doing sports I never volunteered myself to be a leader of sorts and I'm always the. I just want to play a good game mm. I want to be in a top scorer scorer in the top uh, team but I never want to be a leader because I always felt a leader have to like you know like do more not just do more like they volunteer to take more responsibility Responsibility and like, you know, like when you do drills, if like, if they cannot, like the team cannot make it, the leader somewhat have to be punished. <laughs> and How I was, long ago was this? Yeah, game? I was like, yo, you have a tough job, but I always tell my leader, thanks, thanks for doing the extra suicide runs because we were all slow. Yeah. Um, And I always felt felt that, man, I'm not cut out for that, you know. Mm -hmm. And then right now, I feel like this is so strange. I have to, (laughs) I'm doing this. (laughs) You know, it did take me a while because it wasn't natural to me. I don't think I was a natural leader in that way. Mm -hmm. But um, when I learned that why is that like important and all that, like I think it gave me strength. And I think that's how my leaders felt that, you know, they didn't complain. I was like, Are you crazy? <laughs> Why would you do extra suicide runs for us? Like, yep. you know? But I think that gave them strength because they felt like they know that we felt everything that they felt, basically. You know? And I thought that was special and I only understood it later on. Yeah.
0: I believe in history. Like if you study like the great leaders, some of them they rise to the occasion. Yeah. It's not something that they perhaps are conscious of. Some of them might be, but I guess subconsciously, perhaps they realize that uh, it could be triggered by a lot of other things. But perhaps subconsciously, as what you said, they realize that internally that there is uh there is uh, there's something that they can't really uh, not acknowledge, and they just rise to the occasion and <laughs> naturally, charismatically, people would just follow because of because they see like the individual has a certain light to it
1: yeah well i hope that's the case (laughs) (laughs) i will check back in a
0: year and see how
1: things go (laughs) let me know like if that's what happened i was like maybe i was stressed (laughs) i'm traumatized a traumatized like reaction is not real
0: (laughs) so so in closing i'm just curious to know how would you define uh, success right now in 2020 going on to 2021 and how does it differ from how you've seen success before
1: Hmm. i think success like i think success before there were a lot of like visual representation of success and i was i wouldn't deny that i was pretty influenced by by that you know like maybe like you have to do a really cool event or you have to like get certain people like, mm-hmm. on board with certain things like starting out there was a lot of that influence um but right now i think success is really like having your team or people around you you know having meaningful connections that's one thing and then having you know being supportive and like we are feeling each other's like cups basically oh interesting yeah and i'm still learning that a lot like it's it's hard actually and i think that's the harder thing to do is the better thing to do (laughs) It is weird. I think it might be like Asian roots. <laughs> Asian roots? Yeah. You know, like, it's like... <laughs> you know, like... You know, Isn't that so,
0: something like the parent will say to the kid to eat medicine or
1: something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the goodness is in the bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> like, but... Yeah, so it's basically... Basically like it's just having all this is in some ways good and then it's rather than avoiding it, it's acknowledging it and then having everybody know what what makes us motivated and happy, I think that is actually a lot more important. So it's not just about the pandemic, it's not just a health thing, like health is general, is every, every is basically wellness in itself. And I just want to find that for the work that we do, even though it's very hard to kind of create, like how do I say, like articulate that and a way, communicate that communicate, directly. Yeah. Um, but I would like to try.
0: <laughs> I, I think based off this conversation, I have full faith that you will be able to communicate that internally with your team as well as externally
1: cool thanks kevin in in closing
0: where can people find you uh where can people follow the work that you do or selfhood does please uh plug your socials and on all that
1: okay so you can go to self at selfhood s-e-l-f-h-o-o-d on instagram and then we have our website www.selfhood.global we're working on our website now but it will be really um our our uh, art director Miki she's working on the website right now and it's very exciting. Um, we're really hashing it out, you know, to create what everything that I just said in the last <laughs> two hours or something. To put it on a website, that's her challenge. What,
0: what what was your brief to her?
1: <laughs> I wanna know. You should interview her next. Okay. <laughs> that's the first question yeah, i asked yeah. her
0: what was sabrina's
1: brief to you for the cell phone website <laughs> she did she's still asking me she's still asking me for the brief but she's already working on a website it's just like this feeling please encapsulate it
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're doing this hand gesture but i have no idea what you're saying
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm excited hope everybody will look at it and give us feedback even though it's not out yet. But
0: <laughs> what about the magazine that, that you, you guys started? Is that continuing?
1: Yes. So um I really like that we did that actually. There's a real version of uh it's almost like uh, you know, like a school year book. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> now looking back. And I think that we I definitely wanna keep doing it and I want to find it make it more meaningful that so that when we do it the next issue, um, it'll be something for us to like, you know, hold and have mm. and um definitely something that we're continuing next year. We want to do two issues a year, but we we held back the second issue this year only because we felt we need to pivot some of the content. Um, and also we were in the process of rearranging ourselves. So I wanted that to settle a little bit more before we put out any more work.
0: Basically, COVID came and said, fuck you to the plans. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: yeah I'm like, okay, everything else has... Uh, it's not that valid anymore
0: (laughs) but i'm just curious why is it important for it to be print and not like everyone else's digital content i mean there are a lot of pros towards digital content these days and the platforms are available why does it have to be print and especially in your context it has to be global so you have to ship it out you have to ship it out to certain people some people might be in the states some might be in amsterdam singapore why does it have to be in print
1: I don't know. Uh, first of all, I think like our marketing team or art team, like they did, they do like the aspects of like you know creating a magazine. Yeah. Um, I, I was pretty agreeable to creating a print because there was a lot more process in like doing a actual product, and that feels very much about like the work that we do, and like I really enjoyed the process of putting the first one together, and then the second. I think the second part of it is like, it's almost like a timeline stamp of like, you know, at the moment, like what we felt was a good texture for paper, what's Mm. a good size and how we tell the story in a real. And once you create that product, it's like a 3d format that is like forever. It's a time capsule. Yeah. It stamps that moment. moment. I mean, it was digital is flat. Like the content is like fixed, but like there's no real feel to it. Mm. So, I like the fact that it can encapsulate that in a paper format, and so we decided that it's okay to kill some trees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we will use recycled paper for the next one. Uh, but <laughs> but we, we we did deliberate Like you know, it could is more eco friendly and all that. But then we like the f- because the fact that our the things that we are doing is so like long term yeah. and like it, we care about processes a lot so i think that is that that it you know the thought of doing that in a printed format actually encapsulates that really well yeah
0: i have one last closing question because you brought up the thought about uh, it being uh like a time capsule and it having like a certain uh tangible feel to the product and it is arguable that in uh, because of the pandemic this year, a lot of things are shifting towards uh, digital content. I think there's this really famous uh, street art festival called Beyond the Streets. Yeah. Uh, They did a really, really great show, I think, in LA back in 2018. I think recently they did ah. one virtual online uh, in yeah. uh, 2020. So I'm just curious to know your thoughts. When you, when you look at the landscape today and when you see, uh, not just because of the pandemic, but things are becoming a lot more digital. Content is becoming a lot more digital. The way we take in information is a lot more digital. There's a whole euphemism that print is dying and all that shit. Do you foresee, uh, a, a, a trend towards more intangible products? Or do you foresee like perhaps like a pushback towards more like tangible products? And we'll find this weird, uncomfortable balance and even symbiotic relationship in the future.
1: Yeah, I think that print or like the tangible stuff will never go away only because um, there are different parts of our senses that, you know, like that all these things appeal to that I don't think a digital world would be able to provide. I guess what makes it accessible with being digital is like, you know, what's out there. Yep maybe that would be a good way for us to choose you know what we want to focus on making on materializing mm. so the things that materialize will be a lot more valuable in a sense and a lot more concise um yeah i don't think that the the real exp- the experiential part of like stores and all that will go away it will evolve so in some ways a lot of people ask would distribution go away i don't think so it will just evolve because people would want some form of that in a different way mm. And that's why our work will always be there.
0: But it's in that evolution which I find quite interesting because it is funny that we as humans, we only have two years. we have two yeah. eyes, we didn't grow to have a third eye, we didn't grow to have, let's say, two mouths, we didn't grow to have, let's say, five years. Yeah. But it is finding that... And if, and if people know evolution, you take time, yeah. firstly, and you take experimentation. Yes. So I guess that is... Uh, vital to like uh, any any form of businesses moving forward. Yes. This two uh, variables of time and the, the the courage really to experiment beyond the uh, the conventional framework of what your business is.
1: Yep, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs>
0: this has been a <laughs> fantastic conversation, Sabrina. Thank you for it.
1: Thanks, Kevin.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far. Do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.